Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and live from Antonio Brown's clothing giveaway. It's the fourth and in inches <laughs> show with Jana and the Sherpa, our last show of our 12th season together. Jana, how are you, and how did your yeah. teams do on Sunday? Um, they actually did really well. I still have three teams playing, which is silly. I hate playing the last week of the season. Um, we had a bunch of third place finishes, unfortunately, thanks to COVID the week before last. My teams had been healthy, and they played like this week. I'd have won some championships, but I'm still just a little bitter about it. <laughs> but you still have three in the running for this coming week. Yep. Yep. Oh, still well, hanging in there. That's why we do the show in week 18. Exactly. For all the crazy people like me out there and all the ESPN leaks that like to default to that. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so you're done, you're done now, right? You had your last, your last game last week, right? I did. I had my one and only final this past week, and uh, fortunately, I was able to uh, remain um, to uh, take home a championship in spite of some questionable decision making right. on my part. But uh, love to yeah, hear that. I owe a big thank you to uh, Joe Burrow, Devontae Adams, and uh, the New Orleans Saints defense. They pretty much carried me. <laughs> the rest of my team did nothing, but. Uh, just enough to, yeah. to beat the other guys. And thankfully I wasn't playing against uh, uh, Jamar Chase. Yeah. Jeez Louise. Do they have it figured out? Well, at least the only plus side is if you're playing Jamar Chase this week, which hopefully I'm not, uh, Joe Burrow won't be the one throwing to him, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, probably the the biggest story of last week is Antonio Brown's meltdown. <laughs> how, are, how are you feeling about this? Um, I don't know. It's one of those things you figured that was going to come back and bite the Buccaneers and the, you know what, um, at some point, you know, they'd been living on borrowed time with him, but, you know, I mean, it says a lot that they haven't officially caught him yet. And you can be pretty sure that even when they do, and I'm guessing that they will, that uh, some team is going to still be willing to roll the dice. Some desperate team is going to be willing to try to take shortcuts and roll the dice on him again next year. But uh, we'll see. How how do you uh, interpret things? I mean, it was it was very bizarre. Uh, I think part of why they haven't cut him yet, obviously, is a just in case someone picks him up. I don't know how anyone could optics-wise, but on the same token, his sign of the story is that he's at his ankle hurt, and that's why he wasn't right. going back into the game, and then things escalated from there. So I, I think there's some component to that that they got to keep him around. Um, the whole thing was very bizarre. I think that that is going to be something that festers into this week for the Buccaneers. Like, that's just not going away. <laughs> Antonio Brown is, is the gift that just keeps on giving for them. Yeah, it was rough. Yeah, I mean, you always want to give somebody the benefit of the doubt. And if he really was injured and the coach told him to go back into the game and he refused, then, you know, he, he, did, he certainly didn't handle it the right way, but or no. even optimally. And you can't imagine, but, you can't imagine that, like, people were, were feeling their best on the sideline when you're currently losing to the Jets, like, it probably wasn't the world's touchdowns. best environment yeah. there. Yeah, like it was a bad scene. <laughs> right. I'm thinking but, things should have been kind of a powder keg to begin with. Right. But, um, yeah, that's – I don't know. I 
like you said before, you know, I just think that you know, he's a chemistry nightmare wherever he goes. And then it's just, well, do you really want to, you know, play Russian roulette? You know, you know, ultimately you're going to lose, but it's just exactly. a matter how quickly you lose and things explode. But um, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully nobody mm-hmm. lost a final because of that or, you know, lost a semifinal game because of that. But uh, I'm sure there there's some yeah. people out there that probably did. Sorry, guys. <laughs> We're really sorry about that. Better luck right. next year, um, right? Yeah, and and or even this week, unless of course you're playing me, and then selfishly I would like to not wish you luck. But we're going to give you over the next hour everything you need to win your season long league, your daily fantasy league, uh, survivor pools, whatever it is, we got you covered. We're going to give you all the news and notes, injuries, who to start, who to sit, waiver wire pickups, uh, daily fantasy picks, and of course our always fun game predictions. I'm sure there there will be some we will argue over, um, but there's still. The the only nice thing going into the last week of the season is there's still a lot of teams that have something to play for. I mean, the AFC seeding can go pretty much any way at this point. The NFC still has some question marks. So um, most of the games will still be competitive. There'll still be a fair amount of starters playing. So your team probably isn't totally decimated. So here's hoping. But we got you covered even if they are. Uh before we dive right in, of course, you can always find us all over social media. We're on Twitter at the number 4THN Inches Show at JKIM16 and Fantasy underscore Sherpa. You can find us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page, and you can email us at the number 4THN Inches Show at gmail.com. Normally, we're with you every Wednesday night from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time, but this is the last week of the regular season, end of your fantasy uh, season. So we'll be on hiatus until our season 13 picks up. Uh, late summer next year so you can always find us talk to us about you know football baseball whatever we're around um but we'll uh we'll see you for our, our 13th season afterwards but you still got an hour with us today and of course if you missed any episodes or you just missed the sound of our voice you can find us anywhere you find your favorite podcast and download over 200 episodes there's plenty there for you <laughs> but uh unfortunately covid's still running wild uh on planet earth and the nfl uh, there's over 110 players currently on the COVID list, and some of them are on your roster, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> just to, to give you the cliff notes of it, the Cardinals have two defenders with positive tests. The Panthers have a defensive end on the COVID list. The Bengals put Joe Mixon on the COVID list today. He's got a positive test. He is not going to play this week, um, regardless of the testing status or shutting him down for this weekend. Uh, they also put seven other players, including uh, guard, defensive tackle, defensive end, safety linebacker, and their center all on the COVID list. Not ideal. Running back to Ernest Johnson in Cleveland is on the COVID list. Uh, they also are dealing with injuries to Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, which we'll talk about in a minute. So they tried to sign running back Dexter Williams today, which they signed him and then probably put him on the COVID list. So that didn't really work out that well. And the Cowboys put linebacker Mike Parsons on the COVID list today with a positive test. He's very unlikely to play this weekend. He's talking like he's not going to, so I'm going to believe him. The Broncos the Broncos put both their kicker, uh, Brandon McManus, and their punter, Sam Martin, on the COVID list, both with positive tests, so it looks like their special teams might have a different look this week. If Brandon McManus is your kicker, and a fair amount of you, he may be, it's time to go look at picking up another kicker. Uh, Lions offensive tackle, Penny Sewell, is positive for COVID. He's probably not playing this week. The Texans put one of their safeties on the COVID list and another on IR, so they're getting a little thin there in the secondary. 
multiple Jaguars defenders are on the COVID list today as well. The Vikings got Kirk Cousins back. COVID finally got him last week. <laughs> now he and Cole Beasley have all have all gotten COVID, and the man can't keep him down anymore. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers still still standing for the moment, and allegedly still going to play this week. Him and his non-COVID toe. Uh, the Vikings also put multiple defensive players on the COVID list today. The Patriots put someone on with a positive test. The Saints put two defensive tackles and tight end Nick Vanett on the COVID list. The Giants actually got some players back, but also put wide receiver Dante Pettis on the COVID list. So, shocker of all shocks, they're thin at wide receiver. Stop me if you've heard that before. The defensive player on the COVID list. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you and Blue might get called up to the big squad this week. you got to watch out. Answer those big unknown blue. callers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> big Blue is bringing in Little Blue. The Eagles put 12 players on the COVID list yesterday, uh, all positive tests, by the way, including center Jason Kelsey, tight end Dallas Goddard, running back Jordan Howard, running back Boston Scott, cornerback Avante Maddox, and defensive tackle Fletcher Cox, who are all starters, all very important pieces. And don't forget Miles Sanders, your other running back, has a fractured hand. So Kenneth Gainwell, come on down. You are the only running back still standing. Um, it's not as got hit by the stands in Washington. Yeah, yeah, they almost had almost an actual murder last week. There's a lot going on with the Eagles. Unfortunately, it still doesn't look like Gardner Minshew is going to play, so I'm I'm less thrilled. Uh, the Steelers put cornerback Joe Hayden on with a positive test. The 49ers put five cornerbacks on the COVID list in the last two days. That's not great. Uh, they also put Raheem Mostert on the COVID list today as well. So things uh, just continue to get worse in San Francisco. The Seahawks put multiple defensive players on the COVID list. The Titans put a linebacker on. The WTFs put a, two more defensive players, which I wasn't sure they had anyone who still hadn't had COVID uh, on the list. So there are a lot of names out there. With the shortened time frame, a lot of these guys are still potentially able to play come this weekend. But you do have two games on Saturday. That makes things a little tougher, uh, particularly for the Eagles. Um, but we shall see. Sliding over to actual injuries. The Cardinals are dealing with a few. Running back James Conner didn't play last week with that heel injury. He was practicing today, limited. He's looking better. Running back Chase Edmonds, on the other hand, is not practicing. Uh, He's dealing with that ankle sprain. Doesn't look good for him. And it looks like there's a chance that the Cardinals will sit both of them down this week, despite the fact that they they do have seating to play for. So if that happens – Eno Benjamin and Jonathan Ward would be your tandem at running back in Arizona. So if you have Edmonds or Connor, it's certainly time to make sure you have uh, plan B, C, and D there because they're probably not going to decide till the day of. Uh, also, wide receiver Rondell Moore is questionable. He was looking better at practice uh, this week, so it looks like he's on track to play. Down in Atlanta, tight end Kyle Pitts didn't practice today. He's dealing with a hamstring injury. That's pretty notable, so keep an eye on him as the week goes on. In Baltimore, Lamar Jackson is still not practicing. It's Wednesday. He has not practiced for weeks. Not looking really good for him playing this weekend, and uh, they certainly could use him on the field, but it's probably going to go down to game time. Still dealing with that ankle injury, so uh, little Lamar, Tyler Huntley may be your guy there. Quarterback again this week. In Buffalo, wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders is not practicing. He's dealing with that knee injury. He's been playing through it the last couple of weeks, so he's probably going to again, but he may see limited time on the field because 
once that game gets in hand, they're probably not going to use him quite as much. So keep that in mind when you're planning your lineups. In Carolina, wide receiver Robbie Anderson is not practicing with a quad injury. That's a big deal. If he doesn't play, that's going to be a real problem for the Panthers. At this point, it could go either way. Also worth noting that cornerbacks Stephon Gilmore and J.C. Horn are both questionable going into this week. J.C. Horn's still technically on the COVID list. He hasn't been activated off it yet, so keep an eye on that. In Chicago, the Bears have nothing to play for. Matt Nagy's probably getting fired, but Justin Fields is going to be the starter again this week after missing the last two games with an ankle injury. I guess we got our, our last hurrah for the Ginger Ninja, Ginger Ninja Andy Dalton and Nick Foley and Dynamite out there. So Justin Fields is going to going to take some snaps this week. Wide receiver Jakeem Grant Sr. is not practicing with an ankle injury, so things things are still rough out in Chicago. In Cincinnati, as we mentioned, Joe Mixon's not going to play this week because that's a COVID. Also, quarterback Joe Burrow is not going to play this week. They're calling it a combination of rest and a sore knee. He's saying we saw him get knocked out uh, on the second to last play of the game. Uh, with that knee injury, came up. He says it's just sore but not bad. He'll be fine to keep keep playing in the playoffs. So Brandon Allen's going to get the start this week. Hopefully they can maybe reinforce the nameplate on Joe Burrow's jersey in in the time off here. That would probably be the best. Nobody um, knew who he was without it. I know. He was just, he just became uh, the every man. He became one of us. <laughs> Worth noting. Tight end C.J. Uzoma uh, also not practicing. He's dealing with knee and hip injuries. It wouldn't shock me if he did not play this week. Despite the fact that the Bengals can improve their playoff seating, they seem to kind of be taking taking a little bit of a bye week this week, so keep that in mind. On the flip side of that game, Browns cornerback Baker Mayfield had quite a bit to say after the loss last week, and he is not going to play this week. He's going to have shoulder surgery to repair that shoulder that's been destroyed for the two-thirds of the season, which is fair. And Case Keenum is going to be your starter this week. As I mentioned, Jonas Johnson has COVID. Uh, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb were both limited to practice so far this week. Hunt's dealing with an ankle injury. Chubb, they're calling chest and rib injuries. Neither of those look really, really promising. Again, I think that it's last week of season. They don't really have a lot to play for. Maybe we're not going to rush it. So it's not entirely clear who's going to play running back in the Browns this week, so keep an eye on that. Tight end David Njoku is not practicing with a shoulder injury. Out in Dallas, COVID is going uh, through the team, which is not ideal, and they're also dealing with some injuries. We saw wide receiver Michael Gallup tear his ACL catching a touchdown pass last week. He's officially on IR. Surprise, surprise. Also running back Tony Pollard still been limited with that foot injury. He's going to play through it. Running back Ezekiel Elliott still dealing with a sore knee. He's questionable. I wouldn't be surprised if you see less of him this week, but the Cowboys have a chance to sweep the NFC East and just to ruin the Eagles' day and, you know, make their seating worse. So they're going to play starters. It's more of a petty pride thing at this point. So you can start a lot of those guys and still feel okay about it. In Denver, tight end Noah Font is limited to practice with a quad injury. Keep an eye on that. Teddy Bridgewater was officially put on IR with that concussion. We saw him take that scary hit a couple of weeks ago, so he's not playing this week. Drew Locke is in line to be the starter. He is also dealing with a shoulder injury that knocked him out for a couple of plays last week. The listing is questionable, but he's likely going to be under center this week. Also keep in mind that cornerback Patrick Sertan is not practicing with a calf injury. That certainly looks like it's going to be pretty touch-and-go going into the weekend. Running back Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, III, 
both limited to practice. Williams is dealing with a knee injury. Gordon has thumb and hip injuries. Um, out in Detroit, we haven't seen Jared Goff since he got COVID and a knee injury, and things haven't been going great for Detroit. He says the knee is, quote, progressing. He's hopeful to play. It's going to be a game-time decision. So it could be him. could be Tim Boyle. We could be David Blau, could be some unknown person they haven't even signed yet with the lines you just don't know. Hopefully you don't need Jared Goff to win. Yeah, it could be. Hopefully you don't need Jared Goff to win a fantasy title this week, but if you do, time to start checking the waiver wire. Uh, Also out in Detroit, tight end break right, there we go, is uh, limited with a groin injury. He's questionable going into the weekend. As I mentioned before, Aaron Rodgers said that he, Devontae Adams, and the boys are all planning on playing this week. I don't know how long they'll actually play. Uh, There's really not much for them to gain other than they won't have three weeks without having played together, which is what would happen otherwise. So they'll probably play a quarter, maybe a half, but they're not going to play the whole game. Uh, Running back Aaron Jones has been limited with his knee injury at practice. He's going to play through it again. How much? Hard to say. In Houston, wide receiver Chris Conley was limited with a knee injury. Out in Indianapolis, the Colts have designated wide receiver Paris Campbell to return from IR, where he's been with a broken foot. So that's good for them going into potentially the playoffs. We'll get to that in a minute. Cornerback Xavier Rhodes is dealing with a hamstring injury. He's day-to-day down in Indy. That's going to be a big deal if he doesn't play, so keep an eye on that. In Jacksonville, tight end uh, James O'Shaughnessy is not practicing with a hip injury, but in better news, tight end Dan Arnold is actually on the COVID list, so he's still designated to return from IR. This could be the week, guys. Chiefs running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire uh, is not practicing with a shoulder injury. They're calling it a, a, you know, a shoulder bruise. Very clearly dislocated it. Not looking very promising for him playing this week. They're they're saying, quote, there's a chance. I wouldn't put all my hopes and dreams on that. Out in Las Vegas, Raiders tight end Darren Waller is going to be playing NFL football this week, it looks like. He's activated off the COVID list. He's practicing. He's officially listed as questionable with knee and back injuries. We haven't seen him in a month. This is a really nice time to beat him back on your team. Uh, unfortunately for Sherpa, this is a little too, too little too late, but – Rams running back Cam Akers is officially cleared for his season debut. Let's all remember that he tore his Achilles tendon in July, and he's going to play NFL football in January. Clay Thompson in the NBA has been out for 31 months with a torn Achilles tendon. So what Cam Akers is doing is ridiculous. So more power to him. Out in Miami, wide receiver Preston Williams is activated off the COVID list, so he's questionable going into this weekend, but they will have a semi-healthy wide receiver core, which is nice for them. In Minnesota, Kirk Cousins is back. No longer has the COVID. And uh, they say that Kirk Cousins and the starters are all going to play as long as they're healthy, even without any playoff implications. So they're they're going to go out there. That's good for your fantasy team. We'll see if it's good for them. In New England, wide receiver Nelson Aguilar uh, is dealing with a concussion. He was limited to practice today. That's actually a good sign. He's on track to play this week. Wide receiver Jacoby Myers is also limited with a thigh injury. looks like he's going to play through that. And same with Damian Harris at running back. He's been dealing with a hamstring injury for a few weeks, but still very productive in spite of it. So I'd keep him in your lineup. Out in New Orleans, wide receiver Traquan Smith is limited to practice. He's dealing with a chest injury. He's pretty questionable going into the weekend, so keep an eye on that if you're in a deeper league. Also, running back Mark Ingram, II, was limited with a knee injury. We haven't seen him in a little while. It'd probably be nice to get him back. As I mentioned, Sherpa's Giants got a little healthier. 
got some guys back from the COVID list, including wide receiver Darius Slayton. However, uh, John Ross didn't practice today with a knee injury. Tight end Kyle Rudolph was limited with an ankle injury. Wide receiver Kadarius Tony was limited with a shoulder injury. Saquon Barkley was limited with his ankle injury. Quarterback Mike Glennon is having left wrist surgery, and he's done for the season, which I'm sure no one's really broken up about except maybe Mike Glennon. So Jake Fromm is going to be most likely your starter. No one seems to really want to say that for sure, but he's he's your option. He said, quote, trust me, I want to win more than anybody does. Unfortunately, just wanting to doesn't mean you're going to, but we're going to see what happens. <laughs> On the other side of town. You should have the uniform number like, two, and then he could be two from. Yeah. See? There you, that's the kind of marketing we need. Stick them um, on a Christmas gift, belated. The Cowboys, I don't know if the Cowboys are selling it. Somebody's selling a, a 7-Eleven never open t-shirt, Trayvon Diggs, number seven, Micah Parsons, 11. I liked that, but no, there's some good stuff out there. It's clever. Anyway, I like it. Um, in New York, Jets wide receiver Jameson Crowder return to practice. He's been out the last two weeks with a calf injury. Hoping to play this week, so keep an eye on him. And the Jets are, quote, optimistic that running back Michael Carter is going to play despite the fact that he has a concussion and hasn't practiced yet. They seem to think he's got a chance of getting cleared. Wide receiver slash kick returner Braxton Berrios, who, thank goodness, won me some matchups last week, as crazy as that was, is dealing with a quad contusion. That's a thigh bruise and is not practicing today. If he doesn't play through that, that's going to be ridiculous. Also, wide receiver Elijah Moore looks like he has a chance to play this Sunday. He's been on IR with a quad injury, uh, but he has a, has a decent chance of being on the field this week. And COVID. Oh, and yeah, yeah, things weren't good for him. He really got a bad case of COVID, too, like bad. Um, in Philadelphia, as I mentioned, you got 12 starters on the COVID, well, 11 starters in the backup tight end on the COVID list. Also, you're dealing with running back Miles Sanders, who fractured his hand two weeks ago. He's doubtful to play. Generally, you need two hands to hold a football, especially when you're an undersized running back. So he's not practicing, probably not playing this week. So Kenneth Gainwell, come on down. Only eligible running back on the uh, roster right now. Jalen Hurts is uh, limited to practice, plans on starting. Remember, he had a sprained ankle and also got crushed by 12 people when a railing collapsed in Washington last week. Um, so... If you're keeping score at home, Washington railings and two sewer pipes have burst onto fans during the game. Things aren't going well there. In Pittsburgh, most notably, Ben Roethlisberger actually practiced on a Wednesday. I believe it's the first time all year that's happened. Not really sure why we picked this week. He's still dealing with the pectoral and shoulder and old age and declined performance injuries, but he practiced on a Wednesday. It was limited, but he was out there. So I, I guess he's feeling like a spring chicken after his probable last home play, uh, home game last week. Uh, in San Francisco, wide, rec- wide receiver Mohamed Sanu was designated to return from IR with a knee injury. Running back Elijah Mitchell's not practicing with a knee injury. Doesn't look good for him this week. Quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo was limited to practice. He's still dealing with the thumb injury. He might play this week. They seem pretty noncommittal. For whatever reason, they're really trying to make this Jimmy Garoppolo thing happen. Unfortunately, he seems to throw the ball to other teams, particularly when his thumb doesn't work. So that's maybe not great. Yeah, they are open. Always open. And in Seattle, running back Alex Collins was placed on IR with an abdominal injury. Tight end Will Disley is questionable to play. He's not practicing with a heel injury. They also may be without uh, linebackers Bobby Wagner and Carlos Dunlap dealing with free knee and ankles, respectively. 
shockingly, uh, Antonio Brown not going to play for the Buccaneers this week, despite the fact that he's still on the roster. However, it looks like Mike Evans will play. Tried to be a peacemaker. didn't work out. He's got a hamstring injury, so he's in limited practice, but he's going to play this week. Why didn't chase after him? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, it's Remember, Leonard Fournette's still not going to play this week, still on IR with that hamstring injury. Ronald Jones, II, he's dealing with an ankle injury. He's still walking around in a walking boot, not even going to try to run until later in this week. That's not promising. However, the best chance at running back for them, they're almost in Kenneth Gainwell territory, is that Giovanni Bernard might come off IR before the game. Remember, he's dealing with hip and knee injuries, which is not generally what you want to see out of a running back. Uh, also, maybe without both Richard Sherman and Jason Pierre-Paul, they're both questionable going into this weekend. The Titans wide receiver, Julio Jones, is in limited with a hamstring injury. It's Wednesday. That's not unusual. Hope he will play this week. The big news is Derrick Henry is designated to return from IR with that foot injury. There's a chance he plays this week. Honestly, it shouldn't happen, but he may get out there. Hard to say. And in Washington, wide receiver Curtis Samuel is not practicing with a hamstring injury. Tight end Ricky Seals-Jones is not practicing with a concussion. And running back Antonio Gibson was back at practice and limited with a hip injury, so that's a good sign for him going into this weekend. Okay. What have you done in our absence? Um, I learned the Machine Gun Kelly song concert for aliens on the piano for my nephew's birthday. (laughs) I'm sure he'll be impressed. Yeah, I I am impressed. I think, is Blue going to do a duet with you? Because I would like to see that. Um, No, he's in timeout. (laughs) He got the two hour warning for the first time. (laughs) Blue, formerly known as the kitten, has a bit of a temper. Well, like uh, Green Bay, Philadelphia, and probably Cincinnati, he's he's taking Week 18 off. So hopefully we'll see him him next season. Yeah. (laughs) So a few injuries, not a lot on the waiver wire. I do know that. But for those of us poor souls who are still playing fantasy football this week, is there anything out there we want to be looking at? Um, There is, but I think – Rather, and I, I will give you some names, but I think just as a general guide for you know, week 18 pickups, obviously, if they're not going to be of any use to you this week, you don't want to pick somebody up. So my, you know, unless you're in a dynasty league and, you know, my, my feeling is that the only criterion or the main criterion for whether to pick somebody up and how you rank the potential pickups this week should be how many points do you think? their team is going to score this week. You know, if you get lucky, you have someone like a Braxton Berrios that runs into a touchdown or two. And yeah, as you saw, and as somebody in one of my, it was, it was dire straits for me last week. And I had Rashad Penny and uh, Braxton Berrios just running all over the place. Thank God. (laughs) Well, Rashad Penny, that, you know, that was, I won't say it was predictable, but it was somewhat foreseeable. He's had a few good games in recent weeks leading up to last week. But, you know, Braxton Berrios, sure, he'd had a few high-scoring games, but one of those was on a running play and the other was a 102-yard touch, you know, kickoff return. And that's not the kind of stuff that you can count on. But, you know, there he was again with another rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown and, you know, won a lot of people – um, who had the nerve to start him a championship last week, or at least got them to the finals in your case. So, you know, yeah. that's um, 
you know, good for him. I just, (laughs) yeah. So to me, it's all about, you know, how many points do I think the team is going to score this week? And yeah, that's pretty much my only criterion for uh, ranking guys as to whether, you know, you know, deciding whether I think you should pick them up or not, and if you should pick them up, how I would rank them. So with that as a backdrop, mm-hmm. um, running back-wise, Naeem Hines with Indianapolis would be at the top of my running backs list. He's got a nice matchup against Jacksonville, and depending on you know, how that goes and how quickly they get up and by how much, you know, there's a chance we may see a fairly healthy dose of him this weekend. You know, They certainly don't want yeah. to uh, you know, risk getting Jonathan Taylor hurt in a game if it's a blowout. Of course, recent history no. suggests that, you know, Jacksonville is, you know, plays Indianapolis better than they play just about any other team. But again, small sample size, I don't think that really has much applicability this week. And I would expect that uh, Indy's going to win that game uh, pretty handily, that they're going to score a ton of points and that Naeem Hines probably has as good a chance as any of the running backs you're going to find on the waiver wire of uh, finding the end zone this weekend. So he'd be Mm -hmm. my uh, top pick for the running backs. Uh, Dontrell Hilliard with uh, Tennessee. Again, I don't think Derek Henry, even if he is active, is going to play much. Yeah, I certainly don't think they're going to risk, you know, having him aggravate his injury or, you know, no. You know, get hurt somehow else. So I think Dante Foreman, who's already owned in the majority of leagues, and Dontrell Hilliard are pretty strong plays this week. Um, yeah. Someone else to I consider think, is another guy that I would have my eye on if he's healthy enough to play would be Mark Ingram with the Saints uh, at Atlanta. Saints have something to play for, and you know, Alvin Kamara hasn't you know, necessarily been as dominant in recent weeks. And then uh, Duke Johnson, you know, Miami, you know, he seems to have supplanted uh, Miles Gaskin as their primary option there. And even if uh, they get behind early, you know, he's obviously got the pass catching chops too. So, yeah, those are the mm-hmm. four guys that I would look to. I mean, I you know, have some other names, but, you know, those, you know, those guys, the other guys on my list really, you know, play for teams that I don't think are going to, score many points so since you're already scraping the bottom of the barrel let's just stop there and move on yeah times are already tough (laughs) all righty for um wide receivers applying similar criteria and i like gabriel davis uh, for the bills against the jets kj osborne for the vikings against the bears zay jones who you know once upon a time was a high draft pick with i think it was the bills originally and yeah, didn't do mm-hmm. much there, but seems to have found a second life with the Raiders, uh, whether he's there next season or somewhere else. He seems to be showing that he's capable of being an NFL um, receiver. So good for him. Uh, Josh Reynolds, somebody else, yeah. started off with the Rams several seasons back, but is now getting the opportunity with the Lions and making the most of it. And then Deontay Harris with uh, the Saints going up against Atlanta. So those are the five guys who I – think you know, have some um, potential to find the end zone this week if you're you know, looking for desperation play at um, wide receiver. And if you really want to roll the dice, um, Randall Cobb and uh, Paris Campbell are a couple of guys that might be returning from uh, you know, IR this week. But yeah. again, the chance that they see significant time and you know, you know, this week I think is 
unlikely, but uh, we'll see. And you know, same thing you know, on the running back side, uh, Cam Akers, Trey Sermon, and J.D. McKissick may all be returning this week, but yeah, I, I don't think you're um, going to be helping yourself or doing your team too many favors if you uh, pick those guys up and, and try to start them as a flex. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's too far. It's too far to go. Right. They can't so, only Braxton Berrios. No. <laughs> There's only one Braxton Berrios, and uh, the rest of them are not worthy. Them. Yes. <laughs> At least the Jets have something to feel good about this season. But uh, yeah. So, quarterback-wise, um, a handful of interesting options uh, widely available. Carson Wentz, um, Indianapolis, as we speak, said before, has a nice matchup with Jacksonville. I guess the question there is, do they rely solely on Jonathan Taylor's legs or does Carson Wentz uh, throw a few touchdowns during the time that he's in that game? Mac Jones with the Patriots, uh, they hung a 50-burger on Jacksonville last week, and this week they've got Miami that looked pretty bad against Tennessee last weekend. Uh, Justin Fields, Minnesota always seems to play up or down to the level of the competition. And so Mm -hmm. I would expect that Justin Fields will probably have six or seven touchdown passes this weekend on the basis of that. Uh, Tyler Heineke with the WTF going against my beloved Giants. But uh, I'm actually at this point just want the Giants to get the fourth or fifth pick and get it over with. Uh, Taysom Hill, (laughs) who can – potentially find the end zone either uh, through the air or with his legs going up against an Atlanta defense that doesn't really scare too many people uh, to attack Vialoa going up against New England in what could be a high-scoring game, at least for New England. You figure he'll likely be throwing a lot of passes in that one. Uh, Case Keenum uh, for Cleveland uh, going up against Cincinnati. Normally, you you would say, yeah, that's not a good recommendation, but I'm going on the assumption here that uh, um, Green Bay definitely... They've got a lot of COVID and a lot of guys who probably won't play. (laughs) Yeah, I I think just um, to back up for a a second here, I think the three teams I would really be trying to avoid from a sit-start standpoint this week would be Green Bay definitely, um, Philadelphia Mm -hmm. likely, and Cincinnati also likely, and potentially also Tampa Bay, which has something to play for in Cleveland, which doesn't. But again, Cleveland, you know, you always hear that teams that don't make the playoffs want to at least uh, go out with a bang. So I would think they're less likely to sit people. And, you know, Case Keenum has um, proved proven himself to be a serviceable backup and, couple yeah. of uh, situations this week and uh, this uh, season. So I wouldn't uh, want to, but if he's you know, your only option in a two quarterback league, uh, I, I, you could probably do worse. And um, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, hard to recommend him, especially as banged up as he is, but uh, Baltimore has looked pretty terrible in recent weeks. So I don't think he should, um, mm-hmm. the Baltimore defense should really uh, deter you. If Again, I would only pick him up in a two-quarterback league, but uh, he's there for the taking in a lot of them. So um, there. moving on, <laughs> tight ends, just a quick laundry list for you. Jack Doyle, Tyler Conklin, Cole Komet, Jeff Swaim, Gerald Everett, Adam Troutman and Austin Hooper, and then um, D 
defenses if you're looking to stream someone this week. Washington, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, and Tennessee are all widely available options on the waiver wire that I think uh, have have enticing matchups this week. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there are some games that are going to be lower scoring, and there are some defenses out there that that will provide some value. Yeah, between the COVID and teams yeah. resting players, I, I don't think this is going to be a real high scoring week. So you know, we'll no. see what you think when we get to the games. But I'm expecting a fair number of games with a you know, combined score of 50 or less. Take the under everywhere, guys. <laughs> so, and uh, oh, I, I forgot to mention tight end. You've got Blake Jarwin and uh, Dan Arnold returning, but uh, Dan Arnold, I don't oh, think yeah. his team's going to score enough points. And Blake Jarwin, I think he's uh, long lost his uh, primary tight end role to Dalton Schultz. So, unless the Cowboys just want to see what they have at the end of the game, and you know he gets in and happens to find the end zone, but. Uh, I, I don't think I would uh, bet on that either in DFS or either. certainly for um, a fantasy uh, championship. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. There's there are options out there. They may not be super super strong, but you got options. That's a good thing. Um, okay, we'll take it. So uh, why don't we get to into, our pick uh, one? Yeah, yeah. Let's see what we got here. We I, we always where we always start at running back. Who okay. are you liking this week? Uh, Jonathan Taylor at the top of my list. Dalvin yeah. Cook, two. Austin Eckler, three. Devin Singletary, who helped a lot of people uh, last week at four. Josh Jacobs, mm-hmm. David Montgomery, Sony Michelle, DeAndre Swift, Daryl Williams, and uh, whoever's healthy enough to play, Elijah Mitchell or Jeff Wilson, rounding out my top ten list. Uh, honorable mention to Damian Harris, if he's healthy enough to play, Ramondre Stevenson, if he's not, Ezekiel Elliott, Dante Foreman, Jared Peterson, uh, Patterson, and uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, if he's healthy enough to play, and Le'Veon Bell, if he's not. I also had to start Jared Patterson on a team last week. <laughs> that wasn't the worst <laughs> start in the world. He actually no, did no. Well I actually, I had I had two teams that I had to start Braxton Berrios on, and Jarrett Patterson was also on one of them. Things things got weird for me last week on the waiver wire, but it it worked out for the most part. Um, running back wise, I think everybody in the world agrees with you. Jonathan Taylor is number one. The matchup is right. They have something to play for. Austin Eckler, a very strong number two for me. Alvin Kamara at three. Dalvin Cook at four and Josh Jacobs rounding out my top five. I know I have that a little higher than everybody else. Surprise, surprise. At six, David Montgomery, uh, Najee Harris coming in at seven for me, Devin Singletary, Sony Michelle, and Antonio Gibson rounding out the top ten. All right. The guys I'd be looking to avoid this week would be Saquon Barkley, Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, Boston Scott, and uh, going a little bit deeper in the barrel, Michael Carter, Devontae Freeman, Cordero Patterson, Dare, Ogunbowale, Rex Burkhead, and Mike Davis. Yeah, there's there's a lot of guys that, like, had fringe value. It's just not worth it this week. Like you said, it, it, you're not in the long game anymore. You're just playing this week and this week only. Um A.J. Dillon I'm staying away from. I know he will probably see increased touches. I don't like his fumbling problem. It just scares the hell out of me, so I'm staying away from it. Duke Johnson in Miami, 
Latavius Murray, Jamal Williams out in Detroit, Devontae Booker, Miles Sanders, if he tries to play, stay away from it. Um, Kenneth Gainwell, I'm not really excited about either. Your top rusher is going to be Jalen Hurts. If the Eagles are smart, they put Jalen Hurts at running back and Gardner Minshew at quarterback. But shockingly, they have not asked my opinion on this. I digress. Uh, also, Dontrell Hilliard on the list. Mike Davis, who's also on yours. Jordan Howard, um, Boston Scott, pretty much anyone on the Eagles. I don't want to start COVID, no COVID, whatever it is. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn and Naeem Hines. I, I mean, for me, the Eagles are one of those teams that I just don't expect them to play their starters for very long. I think their playoff interests are much better served by resting guys and you know letting them get healthy-ish for the playoffs. I mean, now, is a week going to help somebody's that, hand heal? But... But you also have to remember, as you and I both know from living in the greater Philadelphia area, these people are crazy. The Cowboys have a chance of sweeping the NFC East. The Eagles don't want to see that happen. They want to go out. And I, I think they, if, if three things go their way, they can bump their seating up. But, like, if it were me, it's not enough to play for. But they seem to think they're going to play their starters. I don't understand. The Cowboys shouldn't be playing their starters either, but we'll get to that. The whole thing. Well, the Cowboys, I can see it more than the Eagles. I mean, the Cowboys have a chance to, you know, lock in the number two seed, which means an extra home game in the playoffs if they advance past they the need, first they need round. A lot then, to go their but, way, though. Yeah, uh, I just yeah. for me, for the Cowboys, they need to play so their offense gets it together because right now it's a hot mess. <laughs> well, but the thing is, too, they're playing on Saturday night, so they won't have the benefit of scoreboard mm-hmm. watching. So. Yeah, if yeah. they want to have any chance they of getting that higher seed, they've got to win that game. And with the mm-hmm. Eagles, the fans might be, you know, crazy for a win against the Cowboys. But I think Nick Sirianni, their coach, is probably, you know, more interested in winning a playoff game than he is in a rel- winning a relatively meaningless I mean, uh, Week 18 game COVID, against the Cowboys. COVID so, might have made the decision for them for a lot of players. It yeah, might save them think, from themselves, but we'll but see. I mean, <laughs> if, if Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith start, I would be shocked if they're still in at the end of the first quarter and, you know, apoplectic if they're still in at halftime. I just think that, you know, certainly not an Eagles fan, but I live in the area, follow the team pretty closely, and there's just nothing mm-hmm. to be gained by playing those guys. So, yeah, just, yeah. I'm with, Again, I'm with you on the logical side Nobody's going to ask my advice, but I, I just don't <laughs> see that you would uh, start those guys. You know, Jalen Hurts, but... there's no sense in playing him. Gardner Minshew, go ahead, knock yourself out. Hopefully not literally, but... Um, Love everything you know. about playing Gardner Minshew, but, I, I mean, we both will be watching this game. So will everybody else it's on Saturday night. Nothing else is happening. <laughs> yeah. So, um, wide receivers, who do you like? Loving Cooper Cup. I think that's that's a fair thing to say for pretty much everyone. I've got Debo Samuel all the way up at two. I, I don't think Jimmy – I think they're going to try to put Jimmy Garoppolo out there. I don't think that's a smart idea. Um, but So, Debo Samuel is going to be doing a lot of those trick plays, direct snaps. They don't have any cornerbacks. He might be playing both ways at this point. There's nothing that man can't do. Anyway, at number three, I've got Stefan Diggs. Really nice matchup against the Jets, even if he doesn't play the whole game. I think there's enough value there. Justin Jefferson and Keenan Allen rounding out my top five. Tyree Kill dropped down to six for me this week. I, I like the Denver defense a little better. I'm playing in Denver despite the fact that uh, 
the Chiefs are going to win that game. Um, Amon Ron State Brown out in Detroit, all the way up at seven. AJ Brown, Deontay Johnson, and Jamar Chase, even without Joe Burrow, still sneaking into the top ten for me. I think we agreed on the first six that you mentioned, and none of the last That's four. That's actually a so. lot for us. Yeah, different order, but at least uh, we have the same ideas, I think. Um, For me, Justin Jefferson is at the top of my list. I think Minnesota's going to go all out again in in, uh, Mike Zimmer's, uh, likely his last game as a head coach. And Kirk Cousins, I think, you know, may or may not be their starting quarterback next season. I think he probably is. They're not going to too much dead money and I think a new coach they're probably going to want to spend a high draft pick on something other than a quarterback in a college class that doesn't seem to have you know the stars at quarterback that some other classes have had but uh, anyway Justin Jefferson one Stefan Diggs two Michael Pittman three Cooper Cup four Hunter Renfro five Tyree Kill also six on my list Keenan Allen seven C.D. Lamb eight Debo Samuel nine and Odell Beckham Jr. at ten and honorable mentions to Mike Williams, Amari Cooper, Darnell Mooney, Terry McLaurin, and Amon Ross St. Brown. Okay. All right. Well, I, th- I think we see some of this game, these games coming up similar. There's a few picks I'm going to make that you're going to hate, but that's that's pretty standard. Um, my avoid list features Chase Claypool out in Pittsburgh, Cole Beasley, Dan Jefferson, Tyler Boyd, Marvin Jones Jr., Laquan Treadwell at all in Jacksonville. Although we were we were saying nobody should start Laquan Treadwell, and then he went out and had himself a little bit of a game last week. So props to you, Laquan. I, I don't think it's going to happen again this week, though. Uh, also staying away from Kadarius Tony and all of the rest of the Giants receivers, pretty much everybody in New York, uh, Marquez Callaway and Gabriel Davis out in Buffalo. Hopefully the Giants will throw the ball more than 11 times this week. I mean, how do you lose a game by 26 points and only throw the ball 11 times? And not times? throw I the mean, ball. That's, that's like a high Nothing school Nothing made team. any just, sense. Nothing. No. no. <laughs> the season can't end <laughs> soon enough. Yeah. You're as a Giants kidding. fan, or at least for the Giants. Also as but, a Bears fan, probably. <laughs> well, they – wasn't good for they proved themselves to be the better team, although, yeah, from a rooting standpoint, I guess I was rooting for the Bears because better to have uh, um, two teams with, um, you know, one team with four wins and one team with six wins for the ever-popular top-five draft pick rather than the two-five-win team. Everybody's doing it. But, uh, <laughs> yep. So, for me, Jamar Chase at the top of my avoid list, yes, I know that uh, he's, um, you know, breaking rookie records, but I just think that uh, – you know, Might not play if, the whole game. Yeah. No, I, I'd be surprised if he plays more than a few series, and I'll apply the same standard to him that I would to the Eagles. But uh, and speaking of which, Devontae Smith, number two on my avoid list, Brandon Cooks, Jerry Judy, T. Higgins, Marquise Brown, Kenny Galladay, Russell Gage, Cortland Sutton, and Marvin Jones, and dishonorable mentions to Jamison Crowder, Tyler Boyd, Tim Patrick, uh, Laquan, Laquan Treadwell and uh, Braxton Berrios. I sense some low-scoring teams. There seem to be themes amongst your avoid picks. <laughs> well, to me, that's a lot of guys. The main criterion most weeks, but especially this yeah. week for uh, figuring out whether I recommend somebody or not is just how many points I think the team's going to do. I mean, yeah. yards and receptions, and you know. Or are, are nice, but uh, it's the TDs that make or break you. 
And you're much more likely to get them if your team's scoring 30 to 40 points than if your team's scoring 14 to 20 points. Those usually help. I think there are some teams that are going to be scoring 30 points this week. Not a ton, but we got a couple out there. Yeah. And uh, t- taking a look at our quarterback list, I think Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills might be one of those. He's at the top of my list. <laughs> yeah. Good matchup against the Jets this week. <laughs> I think we've got some value there. Um, Kyler Murray at number two on my list. I know you laughed at me last week for being scared of that game. I had every reason to be scared. <laughs> the, the Cardinals, are they're still a real team. Uh, I think they'll show that again this week. Justin Herbert coming in at three on my list. Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson running out the top five. Ooh, hard talking there. Uh, six, I've got Tom Brady. Jalen Hurts coming in at seven. I think he is going to play a lot of this game. Um, and Dak Prescott at eight. So either side of the football there, Taysom Hill and Matthew Stafford kind of snuck in there. I didn't love it, but I think statistically he's got, got a top ten day this week. All right. Well, we agreed, I think, on six of the tens. So I've got Josh Allen at the top of my list, uh, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, Justin Herbert, Matthew Stafford, Patrick Mahomes, Carson Wentz, Dak Prescott, Justin Fields, which is where my list starts to go off the rails a little bit, and Tom Brady rounding out my top ten. <laughs> Honorable mentions to Kyler Murray, Jared Goff, if he's healthy enough to play, Ryan Tannehill, Taylor Heineke and whoever starts in the Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance um, pairing. Yeah. Um, I mean, it'll be interesting whoever decides to start for the 49ers, but we'll find out later this week. Keep an eye on it. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, shocker of all shocks, and Trey Lance, both on my avoid list. Uh, I don't want any part of them this week. Same thing with Ben Roethlisberger, Tua Tunga-Vailoa, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Jake Fromm, Brandon Allen, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, also, Aaron Rodgers checking in on the list. And Carson Wentz. I know it's a good matchup, but just points-wise, I think you have better options. All right. For me, Jalen Hurts is at the top of the avoid list. I didn't even put Aaron Rodgers on my list, mainly because I think Green Bay is going to score a he few more points. He says he's going to play, but... which is stupid, but yeah. Well, <laughs> he's not going to play for long. I don't think I, no, I should have put him on my list. Not. All right, he'll, he'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, make, I'll call mention. an audible and it's put him at mention. the top. No, he can, <laughs> he can be at the top of my because I only had nine, so he's my tenth. So like Aaron Rodgers, Jalen Hurts, Matt Ryan, Tyler Huntley, Davis Mills, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and then really scraping bottom, Drew Locke, Brandon Allen, and Jake Fromm. Do not, even in a three-quarterback league, do not start any of those last three guys this week. No, no. That's not a good idea. Not a good time there. Um, let's uh, let's look at tight ends. Who are you liking this week? Uh, Travis Kelsey at the top of my list. Dawson Knox, Hunter mm-hmm. Henry, Rob Gronkowski, Zach Ertz, Tyler Higbee, Dalton Schultz, Jack Doyle, George Kittle, who um, I won a championship last week in spite of him. And uh, Darren Waller sneaking into my top ten. I'm a little uh, uh, um, tepid like about putting him in there, but I'll, I'll take the chance there. Honorable mentions, Jared Cook, Tyler Conklin, Jeff Swaim, and John Bates. And uh, who do you like? Um, I fully agree with you, Travis Kelsey, at the top of my list without a doubt. 
I've got Mark Andrews at number two. Uh, again, I'm I'm higher on the Ravens than a whole lot of people, but that's fine. We'll argue me. about that in a little bit. Yep. yep. <laughs> I've got George Kittle at number three. Zach Ertz at four. I have Darren Waller all the way up at five on my list. Rob Gronkowski coming in at six. Dalton Schultz, Dawson Knox, uh, and Dallas Goddard, as long as he gets out of COVID protocol, which it looks like he will. And um, Tyler Higby checking in at, at number 10. If Dallas Goddard doesn't play, I'd slide Mike Gesicki in uh, at 10. But for the moment, I'm going to gonna operate as if Dallas Goddard would be out there. All right. My avoid list at tight end is pretty short uh, just because there are not a lot of yeah. – uh, guys that you would even consider starting in your fantasy final. But uh, if any of these guys are on your list um, of candidates to start this week, you might want to think twice about it. Mark Andrews at the top of my list, Kyle Pitts, Dallas Gutter, Noah Font, what do they all have in common? They're all dealing with various injuries. Mm -hmm. Evan Engram, even though he's not dealing with an injury, and C.J. Uzama, who is dealing with an injury. So most of the tight ends on my list are guys that are – dealing with injuries and or I don't think are going to play the whole game. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. It's not something you want Um, in a championship week or in DFS. No. No. I've got Hunter Henry on my list. I'm not entirely sure what's going on there. It's kind of borderline for me there. But Hunter Henry, C.J. Uzama, like you said, dealing with an injury. Evan Ingram, Gerald Everett, Austin Hooper, James O'Shaughnessy, dealing with an injury. David Njoku, I don't love either. So much like yours, an abbreviated list. Okay. Uh, how about defenses? Who do you like? Like the Buccaneers. Um, I think the defense will keep them in it, but we'll we'll get to that game in a little bit. I don't know if I think they're going to win. I've got the Bills at number two, uh, Titans, Colts, and the Saints rounding out my top five. Then we've got the Vikings, the WTF, the Packers, Bengals, and the Patriots rounding out the top ten. We have a fair amount of overlap. I only have nine teams in my top ten, but uh, I've got the WTF actually at the top of my list this week. Dallas, Indianapolis, Kansas City, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, New Orleans, and Buffalo rounding out my top nine. Top nine. Hey, you got close to ten. I like it. I did. (laughs) Couldn't quite get there. I have... Yeah, I I also brought 10 on my avoid list. I've got your Giants at the top of it. Not a surprise there. The Cardinals also checking in on my avoid list, despite the fact I think they'll win that game. The Falcons, Ravens, Cowboys, Steelers, Chargers, Texans, and uh, the Jaguars and the Jets. Okay, I have the Jaguars and the Jets uh, in the top position on my avoid list this week. Chicago, <laughs> the Chargers, Miami, San Francisco, Las Vegas, Philadelphia, Minnesota, and Los Angeles Rams. And uh, dishonorable mentions to uh, Green Bay, Houston, my Giants, Carolina, Seattle, and Denver. Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be an interesting week. I think I think uh got some good game picks coming our way. What do you think? Yeah, <laughs> we haven't left ourselves much time for them, but they, they should be interesting. No, we're going to... We're, we're going to get through them. We're going to power through. There we go. Uh, okay. Saturday, the late afternoon game, Kansas City at Denver. Kansas City has something to play for. Uh, Denver only has pride to play for. Usually 
playoff seeding Trump's pride, and I think that'll happen here. I'll say Kansas City 27, Denver 17. I said Kansas City winning 28-20. They Patrick Mahomes has never lost to Denver. Uh, They're playing. They win and they get the number one seed. They need to have some other things happen, but that helps the cause. I think that Denver's defense will keep them honest. They'll keep them in it, but Kansas City is going to have a little more firepower. Okay, the late the Saturday night game, as you alluded to before, Dallas at Philadelphia. You apparently think Philadelphia is going to play their starters for significant portions of this game. I disagree with that. I think Dallas has a lot more to play for than the Eagles do, and I think that adds up to a pretty um, easy win for them. I think Philadelphia will end up treating this as a preseason game, and I think the final score will reflect that. I'll say Dallas 28, Philadelphia 14. I've got the Cowboys winning 27-23. I do think starters are playing most, if not all, in this game, um, a good chunk of them on both sides. I think they'll see some decreased touches. I think there's not a ton of Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, I think that there may be some Gardner Minshew late in the game, but I'm actually more concerned about Gardner Minshew than I am Jalen Hurts. Uh, so I think this is a, a contested game. It's not going to be a preseason throwaway game. So I think it's a close one, but the Cowboys come out on top 27-23. All right, another game that I think is going to resemble a preseason game is uh, Cleveland hosting Cincinnati. Cleveland, just because without you know Baker Mayfield, as much as people have ragged on him, you know, I don't think Case Keenum is uh, quite in his league as a quarterback, which isn't saying much, but uh, there you have it. Yeah. Cincinnati, you know, Joe Burrow not playing, Joe Mixon not playing. Yeah, I, I don't think Jamar Chase or the receivers are going to play much, if at all. I think Cincinnati treats this like a preseason game, and again, I expect the results to reflect it. I'll say uh, Cleveland 24, Cincinnati 17. I've got Cleveland winning 24 and Cincinnati scoring 17 points, so we're right on line there. Brandon Allen versus Case Keenum doesn't instill a lot of fear into people, especially with Cincinnati saying they're not going to play a lot of guys. Joe Mixon's not going to play. Cleveland, without... um, Baker Mayfield still wants to show they've got something going here. Case Keenum, like you said, very serviceable. So I think they'll be able to steal one and not the prettiest game this weekend. Next up, we've got uh, Minnesota hosting Chicago in a game that uh, both coaches are probably coaching their last game for their respective teams. Neither team with any you know, thing to play off really to play for uh, other than pride and I, in spite of that, I think this is going to be one of the more entertaining, high-scoring games of the season. I'm excited to see what Justin Fields can do against a team that almost certainly will play down to the level of their opponent. Um, Kirk Cousins, uh, I think he's going to have a field day against the Bears defense. I think it's a shootout, but I'll go with uh, Minnesota to close the season on somewhat of a high note. I'll say Minnesota 31, Chicago 28. See, I actually see this game uh, as a lower-scoring game. I also am picking Minnesota to win. I know I don't always go with the fighting for Cousins, but I am this week. I've got them winning 21-17. I think the Bears' defense will be uh, a much bigger factor. I think maybe there's a pick six in their future here. I think they keep things uh, a lot steadier. David Montgomery could be a big part of this on the offensive side. And like you said, the Vikings will play down to the level of the Bears, so it'll be a competitive game, but I, I don't think it's a mistake-free game. I think it'll actually be lower scoring, so I'm taking Minnesota by four. We've got uh, Detroit hosting Green Bay. If this were any week other than 
week 18, I think yeah. we'd both be picking Green Bay in a route. But as it is, I fully expect that uh, Green Bay is not going to play their starters for more than a series or two. Um, Detroit has you know, played some reasonable games this week. I think, you know, they're, um, you know, I think their their future is better than some of the other you know, yes. bad teams, sure. cough, cough, Jacksonville, cough, cough, Giants. But um, yeah. you know, I'll, pick da- I'll pick Detroit to win here. I think Jared Goff comes back, uh, has some chemistry with Amon Ra, St. Brown, and maybe uh, DeAndre Swift uh, has uh, lives up to his last name. But uh, I'll go uh, Detroit 27, Green Bay 24. Um, we're we're pretty pretty in line here. I've got Detroit winning 27-23. I think, as you alluded to, the starters aren't going to be in there all that long, and Jordan Love has been less than impressive so far. And this Detroit defense, Motor City Dan Campbell's got them revved up. They seem to mostly be over COVID. They're sort of healthy. I think Jared Goff comes back. Even if he doesn't, I think Tim Boyle can probably still win this game just because I don't think the Green Bay offense is going to move very well with Jordan Love. Um, and Detroit will be playing their starters. So I, it'll be a closer game, like you said. If it were any other week, the Packers would be winning this. Indianapolis uh, at Jacksonville. Uh, Jacksonville, for whatever reason, seems to play Indianapolis uh, better than against better against Indianapolis than they do against any other teams. But again, small mm-hmm. sample sizes. Indy has something to play for. Jacksonville doesn't. Um, I think this game will be a route. I'll go with uh, Indianapolis 34, Jacksonville 14. And my only hesitation to recommend Indianapolis um, players this week would be, depending on how quickly Indianapolis gets out, their starters might not be playing more than two or three quarters. Yeah. Um, I I also think – Yeah, I've got Indy winning handily. I've got them winning 30 to 14. I know they haven't won in Jacksonville since – for five years or something like that. And the Jaguars are two and two against the Colts and two and 27 against everybody else over the last couple of years. For whatever reason, they play the Colts well. They're not going to this week. There's nothing in Jacksonville that's going to slow down Jonathan Taylor or this offense. Like you said, it, it might not be Carson Wentz and everybody out there the whole game. I don't think it needs to be. Um, the only real chaos that can ensue out of this if, is if somehow Jacksonville wins this game, it then uh, means that you know, some of these games later on wouldn't have to get played per se, and that would be a nightmare for the NFL, but I don't think that's going to happen. So I think the Colts win without a doubt. I think Jacksonville, if they make a film about their season this year, it should be called Urban Decay. There, I like that. 30 for 30, that Urban Decay edition. Yes. Coming soon. All right. 2025. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, next up, we've got Pittsburgh yeah, at Baltimore. The game we probably disagree on. Yeah, it sounds like it. Um, I, I, think so. I think Baltimore is um, running on fumes, living off their reputation at this point. Pittsburgh hasn't looked very good at times either this season, but uh, I think they're going to um, win what's likely been Roethlisberger's final game. I'll say uh, the Najee Harris is 24, and the you know. Uh, Tyler Huntley's uh, 21. Yeah, I, um, I'm t- taking Baltimore to win this 30-20, to 20, a decisive victory. I think it's going to be the fourth quarter where this happens. But um, 
the Ravens are going to learn a little bit from what the Browns didn't do. Let's maybe not put a rookie against T.J. Watt all night, let our quarterback get sacked nine times. They have a little bit more mobile of a quarterback and a defense that's going to, going to pick Ben off. They're going to pick up fumbles. I think their defense is still better than people give them credit for. They're playing at home. It's an important division game. I think they're going to come out on top, win by 10. Tennessee at Houston, another game where – um, one team has a lot to play for, the other um, just trying to cement its top five draft um, status. And I think both those things happen here. I think Tennessee wins this, but I think it's a little bit closer, unlike most of the other games where you have a playoff-bound team, and in this case, you know, a team that can clinch home field advantage in a first-round bye uh, by winning. I think they do it, but I don't think it's pretty. Uh, they're, in my mind, probably the weakest one seed in recent memory, but uh, anyway, I think they'll win here and play just well enough. Uh, Tennessee 27, Houston 21. Got, uh, I've got Tennessee winning 27, Houston 23, so we're right online. I think the Houston defense is going to blitz. They're going to make things difficult. Tennessee may not play all that pretty. Davis Mills, is he's going to still be serviceable and he'll be fine, but nothing exciting here. Um, I don't think this game will be as competitive as makes it look, but I also don't think we're going to see much of any Derrick Henry here either. Next up, we have a game that hopefully nobody's watching unless they have to, and that's Washington at the Giants. And uh, the less said about this game, the better. I think um, one team has a reasonably healthy quarterback, uh, NFL caliber quarterback. The other team does not. Uh, I'll say Washington 27, Giants 13. We've got Washington winning 30-17 to 17 over the Giants. I think Taylor Heineke is going to have a nice day. Unfortunately, the Giants are just a hot mess. So enjoy the top five draft picks. This won't be very competitive. Um, but they're not in Washington, so probably nothing in the stadium will explode. So there's that. That's nice. So next up, we've got uh, – this should make you happy. There are actually more um, Sunday late games than usual. Actually, given the two uh, Saturday games, there's um, – seven early games and six late games on Sunday. So it's uh, relatively it's balanced for once. I think we had one time earlier this season where there were actually one more late game than there was early game, but uh, it's, it's definitely unusual these days. So uh, Carolina at Tampa Bay, uh, I think this game will be closer than it should be. Tampa Bay defending Super Bowl champions. Sure. They're missing Leonard Fournette and Chris Godwin, but they, they have enough talent and uh, Antonio Brown. But, you know, they have enough talent. They should win this game easily. But for some reason, nothing has come easy for them the last few weeks. So I think this week um, will be another uh, case of Tampa Bay winning by not nearly as much as they should. I'll say the Tom Brady's 27 and the Carolina whatever's uh, 24. <laughs> no whatever's. I'm actually picking Carolina to win this game. Um, I... I know, I know. It's the last week of the season. There's always something weird. I think the Antonio Brown stuff is hanging over them. The running back situation is a mess. I, there's too many injuries. There's too much weird. I think Carolina is fighting Sam Darnold. They're going to come in. I think they're going to steal one here. I've got them winning 28-24. Right. If, if that happens, you'll get a text from me, I promise. And if it doesn't happen, you'll probably also get a text from me. Probably also going to text. From you. I'm just saying, I'm out here. I'm taking Carolina with the points. Go for it, people. All right. 
Yeah, well, that, that takes more uh, courage than my pick did. But uh, anyway, next yeah, up, New yeah. England uh, at Miami. By all rights, this game should be a blowout, but week 18 is often weird and turns week out 18. not to be. And I think that uh, New England will win this, but uh, not by as much as you know, perhaps they should. I'll say New England 30, Miami 24. Part of that is also that they're playing at the same time as Buffalo is, which also explains part of the reason why there's so many late games on uh, Sunday that they wanted to have uh, – minimize the scoreboard what you know they wanted to have teams going into the game or at least taking the field right. you know with something to play for and hence both hey, New England and Buffalo play. playing uh late games but um I think uh at some point the air is going to go out of the balloon probably pretty early for New England I think they'll go through the motions yeah. and still win but they're not going to win the um division title here so New England 30 Miami 24 uh, yeah, I've got New England winning 27-14. I just think it'll be a little lower scoring on the game. Miami's defense is pretty decent. It's still a Bill Belichick uh, defense going against Tua, which is not going to be uh, a great day for him. So I think New England wins convincingly, but Miami will hang around just enough. New Orleans at Atlanta, another game where it should be more one-sided, but just given the Saints' offensive struggles, Matt Ryan – who knows? Probably they like Kirk Cousins. They probably need to keep him around for another season just for salary cap reasons. But um, I think this game is closer than it needs to be. But I'll still go with uh, New Orleans to win. I'll say New Orleans 24, Atlanta 21. I've got New Orleans winning 26 to 20. Uh, shocker, well, shock's not going to pick the Falcons. We've got a whole season this way. We're going to keep it rolling. I think Taysom Hill's going to have a really good day. I think he's going to bounce back. This Atlanta uh, defense is really not scary. New Orleans' offense needs to get it figured out. I think they will, especially having Kyle Pitts hurt. Cordell Patterson's been kind of neutralized the last few weeks for Atlanta. I just don't think they, they stick around. I don't think it's as competitive as the score will make it look. Next up, we have uh, one of these late-season games that I think will go to form, and that's Buffalo hosting the Jets. Uh, Jets have shown some signs of life at times this season, but usually at home rather than on the road. They're on the road here. Mm -hmm. Buffalo has something to play for. It's probably going to be pretty bitterly cold. I'll go with Buffalo by almost a couple touchdowns. Buffalo 34, New England, uh, the Jets 21. I've got Buffalo winning 31-21. I think the Jets are just pesky enough. They're going to stick around. Um, they, they've hung in in games they've no business hanging in on, like last week with the Buccaneers. Sure, it's going to come off the rails at some point, but I think they'll hang around for a little while. They're only going to lose by 10. That's pretty respectable for the Jets. Buffalo wins 31-21. Okay. Um, Arizona at home against Seattle. This game, Arizona should win, but they've been better on the road this season than at home. I'm still not convinced even after weird. they beat the Cowboys last week that uh, they've solved their um, offensive woes, but um, I, I think Seattle is, is so bad that uh, Arizona should win this game almost by default. I think they'll take it, but again, not by as much as they should perhaps, but I'll go with Arizona by field goal, 27-24. I've got Arizona winning by 10. I've got them winning 33-23. Um, I, I still respect them more than the average. Yes, they have a losing record at home, which is tough to do, but the Seattle team is a mess. Um, it's just, I don't think Russell Wilson's going to have a really good day against this defense and Seattle playing on the road kind of loses their 12th man advantage. So 
even even neutralizing any home field advantage Arizona doesn't have, I still think Seattle can't win this game. They're down by 10. The last of the Sunday afternoon games, we've got the Rams hosting the 49ers, a good rivalry, but San Francisco playing with a murky quarterback situation. On the other hand, Matthew Stafford has looked uh, pretty bad at times over the last few weeks, ever since he won that Arizona um, game a few weeks back. Uh, He seems like he's throwing at least multiple interceptions and the odd pick six, but uh, I think Mm -hmm. they'll keep it together just enough to win this game. I'll go with uh, Rams 30, 49ers 27. I've got the Rams winning 28-20, so I've got a, a little larger margin of victory here. I'm excited for K-Makers coming back. That's really all I'm concerned about in this game. I'm, I'm very excited to see that, even if it's just a little bit. What a story. The Rams are going to win in spite of Matt Stafford. He's got to figure out what's going on. I think he's hurt. He's saying he's not. I think it's a back. But, again, they didn't ask me. I just – the run game is going to have to keep them together. Cooper Cup's going to be great like he always is. The 49ers are just running out uh, either a quarterback with very little experience or one with only one hand, and that's usually not a good recipe for success, not against that Rams defense. And then finally to round things out, uh, I think the NFL did a good job of uh, flexing this Winner game takes into all, the baby. Sunday night. Well, yeah, and unless Jacksonville wins and then some yeah. really strange and things could happen. for everybody. But... Everyone's in. <laughs> yeah, I I don't think that. Well, the Chargers coach no. today said that even if that were to happen, that there's no way that he's playing for a tie. Although it would be funny if they all, you know, beat their heart, you Everybody know, played to win and then line. wound up in a tie anyway. But the chances of that are oh. happening are, are pretty slim. But I think this is going to be a real shootout. I think it's going to be a fun game to watch. <laughs> I think the Raiders are a little bit better than people think, and the Chargers, in spite of having a different coach this season, still seem to find ways to give away games at the end. And sure uh, do. I don't know that they're going to give this game away, but I like the Raiders at home. I think they're a little better um, at home than they are on the road, and even on the road, as they showed last week at Indy, they're pretty respectable. Defense is playing better, but uh, I think it all adds up to um, um, one point victory for Vegas. I'll say Vegas 31, Chargers 30. But you know, really, this game is a coin flip for me. I've got I've got the Raiders winning by one as well. I've got 28-27. Um, you're getting Darren Waller back. Josh Jacobs is pretty healthy. I mean, Derek Carr's got a bad rib, but he's still playing through it. He's taking a lot of hits. It is what it is. But despite the the DUIs and all this and all the noise, they're still finding a way to go out, and they win games they shouldn't win. I I just I don't understand how it happens. It's just going to. And like you said, the Chargers find ways to snatch victory from the jaws of two feet. Justin Herbert is good, but I I just think there's a little bit of magic for the Raiders. I think they're going to win this one. So that brings us to the end of our game picks. Before we let you go, a couple of DFS picks for you. As always, just to remind you, we're giving you value picks with injuries and COVID and all going on. It's a little thin this week, but this is going to help you get to be big ticket, big dollar guys that you want in your lineup. This is going to give you some some cash to play with. So at quarterback, you've got some really good options. Value-wise, Case Keenum, Mac Jones, Taylor Heineke, Justin Fields, and Taysom Hill at running back. Naheem Hines, who Sherpa talked a lot about in our waiver wire pickup segment, as well as Devin Singletary is going to have a nice day, and the price is certainly right. At wide receiver, Marquez Calway, Darnell Mooney, Michael Pittman Jr., Ray Ray McLeod out in Pittsburgh. 
tight end, David Njoku, looks good. If you're really looking to take a flyer, you've got Blake Jarwin out there, but there's a real deep one at defense. Uh, the WTF slash Washington football team, Houston, Tennessee, the Rams. If you're looking for stacks, the Titans, Eagles, Saints, and uh, Washington are all good picks there value-wise. So we've given you everything for this season to win your season-long leagues, your daily fantasy leagues, get your waiver wire straight. We've given you game picks. All kinds of money, all kinds of winners out here. So thank you so much for hanging with us for 12 seasons. We'll be back with you come preseason next year for season 13. Sherpa, as always, it's been incredible. I'm sorry Blue took the week off, but send my my, uh, regards and condolences that I won't see him for a couple more weeks. I will, and and likewise, just you know, doing the joy, doing the show with you for the last uh, twelve seasons has so just good. been a real pleasure. It's you know something I look forward to every week, and we have a lot of fun, and uh, occasionally get some yeah. prognostications correct too. But uh, that's almost, know that we uh, fall into a few. <laughs> yeah. So, but anyway, I, thanks again. Looking forward to. Uh, yeah. Yeah, as the kids say, running it back again next year and uh, have a great off season and good luck in your finals this weekend. Hey, thanks you too. And of course, guys, you can find us all over social media all off season and we'll see you guys for uh, next NFL season and for us season 13. Thanks so much. Good luck this weekend. Unless of course you're playing me.